Welcome to the Becoming Priority Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Woodard, and I'm so glad you joined me today. Here at Becoming Priority, I believe that we have to be intentional about making time for ourselves. Whether you need to carve out space for your spiritual, mental, or physical health, you are in the right place. Life is busy. Responsibilities are overwhelming. Sometimes, no matter how hard we try to make time for the things that are important, we forget to add ourselves to that list. It's a constant struggle, but I'm here to tell you that you deserve to put yourself first. And I'm here to encourage, inspire, and support you in becoming priority in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Becoming Priority Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and today we are going to be talking about procrastination. We all know that at some point we know what we need to do, but we haven't done it yet. We promise ourselves that we'll get around to it tomorrow, and we all know what they say about tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. So that thing, that thing that you really need to do, it just doesn't get done. Yep, procrastination has struck again. You are delaying, avoiding, or ignoring something that you think is going to be unpleasant. You may be putting it off because you don't think you have enough time to do it the way that you want to do it. That's perfectionism. Or maybe it's because you think it's going to be difficult or stressful, or maybe it's challenging, or maybe it's because it's even boring. Another reason that we put things off is because as humans, we're actually hardwired with a risk-reward mentality. So we actually subconsciously weigh the benefits of doing the particular job. So if the job doesn't seem to have a great perceived reward or a value, then we tend to pile up those things for later. For example, not folding the laundry. There's not a perceived reward because you can wear them whether they're folded or not tomorrow. And making the bed, you can sleep in it anyway. So there's not a perceived reward in either of those tasks. And also, reality is, we all know that the other reason we procrastinate is because we are just lazy or feeling unmotivated. That's it. And that's a pretty common reason for most people if we're being honest. We simply replace what we need to do with something that we want to do. So we still feel like we're doing something. It's just the something we're doing is not the thing we really need to be doing. Sometimes we can even trick ourselves into believing that the task that we're doing is not actually procrastinating because it's something that actually needs to get done. Like cleaning. This is the favorite of people, especially people who don't enjoy cleaning. And I've actually done this before. I've actually convinced myself that I shouldn't sit down to do my taxes because I really needed to clean the house right that minute. It's easy to fall into the trap of procrastinating. Now, whatever the reason for why we do it, 
Life gets better once we learn to stop procrastinating. It actually brings order to our days and it increases productivity. So why are we talking about procrastination? Well, if you've listened to the podcast for long, you know that normally when I'm talking about something, it's because I've been recognizing it as a pattern in my own life again, or I've been struggling with it. And I have been recognizing procrastination, and I've been recognizing how I've been using social media as a procrastination in my life lately. So we're talking about procrastination. Charles Dickens once said, my advice is to never do tomorrow what you can do today. Procrastination is the thief of time. And I would have to agree that that is definitely a true statement. I noticed over the last several weeks that I was using social media as a distraction to procrastinate on some things that I just really didn't want to do. None of the things were hard. They were more time consuming than anything. And I just didn't want to do them. In true fashion, like always, I forced myself to do those things. And all of those things that I were avoiding doing and procrastinating doing didn't take me as long as I thought they were going to do. They weren't even hard things to do. And I had worked myself up dreading doing them and made them out to be bigger than they needed to be. And that's honestly what happens a lot of times when we're procrastinating. We make them out to be bigger things than they need to be. And when we get them all done, we're relieved that they're done. How do we stop procrastinating? I'm going to give you some tips that I've picked up over the years and added to my life that have helped me to avoid it for the most part and some things that I quickly re-implement whenever I recognize that I'm using something to help me procrastinate. So the number one tip is the two-minute rule. Now, David Allen suggested this technique in his book, Getting Things Done. The rule suggests that if a task takes less than two minutes to complete, finish it right away. The reasoning behind this method is that if you keep that task in your head, recalling that task later, gathering the information in your head to hold on to for later, and then performing it later takes longer than two minutes. This also can actually allow you to forget it altogether. So if you're going on a break at work and you remember that you have a quick call that you need to make, pick up the phone and make the call. If you're getting up from the couch and you know your soda can is empty, take it with you and throw it away instead of just leaving it there. If you notice a task on your to-do list that you can knock off right away, do it right then. This also can be applied to little simple things. Are there things that you need to do that can be done differently? Can you send a quick text or email instead of setting up an in-person meeting or making a phone call? I have several people in my life that insist on making phone calls or setting up in-person meetings for things that do not absolutely have to have in-person meetings. There are a lot of things that can be handled by email and text now, and 90% of people would prefer them to be handled by email and text now. So if you can do those two things instead, do those two things instead. Now, yes, there are some things that are better off handled in person, I agree. 
But a lot of times if you have a question or you're needing to review something, those are better off handled by email or text because you're going to be going back and forth and making changes to some things anyways. So unless it's a final draft or a final decision needing to be made, a lot of times that can be handled by text or email. If you believe you have more important things to do than complete an easy task quickly, let me tell you that you are only convincing you, yourself to procrastinate. Let me repeat that. If you believe you have more important things to do than complete an easy task that takes you less than two minutes, you are only convincing yourself to procrastinate. Now, bearing emergencies, you always have two minutes to complete the job, even if it isn't the most important thing to do right now. So the two-minute rule can help you accomplish a lot of things very quickly. Need to make a dentist appointment, been putting it off for six months, takes you less than two minutes to make that call. Use the two-minute rule. It gets a lot of things out of your head very quickly that you've been putting off for a very long time. The second thing is to make the first step easy. We all know the hardest part of anything is always the first step. This comes from two things, the effort required for the first step and the lack of clarity of the first step. For example, if you look at the effort required for the first step, if you're planning on hitting the gym, the toughest part is getting into the right outfit and actually reaching the gym. Once you're there, working out isn't hard. So to make the first step easier, set your clothes out the night before and you will have a higher chance of going to the gym in the morning. Or pack your gym bag and take it to work and you're more likely to make it to the gym after work. Now let's look at the lack of clarity portion of the first step. Sometimes when you look at the goal as a whole, you don't know where to begin. So for example, Maybe you're starting a new business, but you don't know where or you don't know what the right step is. The confusion of what action to take creates a barrier that causes you to actually keep postponing that first step itself. Now, in this case, you would need to break the larger goal into smaller pieces. And if you still find it hard to identify the actual first step, just pick one small step and get started. For large projects, getting started actually builds momentum, and momentum is more beneficial than finding the actual perfect first step. Once you begin, correcting mistakes, if any, isn't too hard, or changing the order of steps is super easy if you have them all lined out. And that actually takes us into the next tip perfectly. The tip number three is to think small. Just like I said, if you have a big project, Break it into small chunks to make it less intimidating. This is extremely useful if you want to stop procrastinating. Things that need a limited amount of time not only seem doable, but they also feel controllable. There are less chances of things going awry, and we tend to not put off small things as often as we do bigger things. That's why when people talk to you about goal setting, they have you set the goal and then they break it down into little smaller goals that you set weekly. So you take your year goal and then you break it down to monthly and then you break it down into weekly and then you break it into daily goals. 
let's just talk about an example. If you need to clean out your guest room before company comes, that is very overwhelming to think about. And of course, you're going to procrastinate on it or you're going to want to. But in this case, you have a time frame on it. So that's very helpful. Having a time frame on anything is going to help you keep from procrastinating. So thinking about cleaning out the room, the best way to do that is to break it into smaller chunks. Maybe the first thing that you do is declutter and remove all the things that don't belong in the room. Then the second thing that you're going to do is organize and clean the surfaces of the items that do belong in the room. Then you would work on washing all the bedding and the curtains and getting those put back in the room. Then you would vacuum and dust the room, etc. So you can see how you would break that down into smaller chunks because we all know when you're looking at one big huge project, it's very overwhelming. It's just like when you look at moving. The thought of moving is very overwhelming. But how do you move and how do you pack and unpack? You pack and you unpack one box at a time. You break the project down into one chunk at a time. So the fourth thing that I want you to do is to introduce friction for distractions. And I'm going to explain this one to you because you're probably thinking, what the heck does that even mean? Now, James Clear talks about this and he suggested this method of introducing friction for bad habits in his book, Atomic Habits. Now, our minds love distractions. We like to turn on the TV. We like to check the refrigerator a hundred times a day. We love checking social media every two seconds and checking our email every two seconds. These are all sneaky ways that our brains love to avoid work. This technique suggests adding an extra step between you and your distraction. By making the distraction harder, you actually decrease your chances of wasting time. Let's talk about this a little bit and let me give you some examples of this because you're still probably thinking this doesn't make sense. When you sit down on the couch, you pick up the remote and you turn on the TV. That's probably pretty natural habit for you. Or you sit down, grab your phone and pull up the Facebook to check your app and start scrolling, social media, whatever it is, TikTok, any of them, all of them. You probably do several of them every time you sit down and you're waiting. Even at stoplights, people naturally grab their phone to check something. You act without even applying any thought. So in order to break these unconscious actions, you have to introduce additional steps. If you leave the remote in the kitchen or unplug the TV even, the next time you sit on the couch, you can't turn the TV on. Your brain is not prepared for that friction. If you've watched my stories this week on Instagram, you may have seen that I've had the reality that social media has been a distraction. So in order to fix that, not only has it been a distraction and I've been using it as a distraction, but it also hasn't been healthy for my mental health because there's a lot of negativity on it right now for me. So in order to fix those two things, I've taken some of the social media apps off of my phone 
And the other thing that I've done is the groups that I'm in because I want to participate in and they're a positive influence on my life or I need to participate in them because I'm currently in classes that require those groups. So I've removed the Facebook app completely from my phone, but I've created links directly to only that group on my laptop so that when I click on that group link, it takes me directly to that group's page and I'm only in that group and not scrolling my feed. So when I sit down on my phone and I grab my phone and I want to pull up Facebook to scroll my feed, that habit is immediately stopped. I cannot mindlessly scroll and I cannot feed my mind the negativity on that social media. So it's a win-win in two places. We can avoid distractions if we break the loop of your habits, y'all. Our brains love any act of laziness. And one way to break and tackle the problem is to make laziness itself harder to achieve. So find a way to cause friction for the distraction. So I hope that those two examples help you to think of creative ways to add some friction for the distractions that we just naturally turn to, turn to whenever we're seeking ways to keep from doing things. The fifth thing that I want you to do is stop multitasking. Multitasking can seem like a great way to get more done, but do not fall for it. It actually makes you take longer to accomplish both tasks compared to if you completed one at a time. If your brain is constantly having to switch gears when you're multitasking, even if it's just for a few seconds, those can add up. It also makes it more likely that you're going to make mistakes while you're completing tasks. And you don't want to sit down at the computer and work on something and then get up and go run errands or grab something and then come back and continue working on the computer and then go cook something and come back and get on a Zoom call and then go clean up the kitchen. Ideally, you want to schedule time to do all of your computer work at the same time in one block of time. And then you're going to want to go run all of your errands at the same time. And ideally, you would want to cook and clean up the kitchen at the same time. Obviously, if you have kids, that's going to be a little bit harder. But you really cannot write a blog post and listen to an audiobook at the same time, y'all. Your brain cannot do that. So stop trying to multitask. Now, can you clean and listen to an audiobook? Yes, you can do that because it's two totally different types of activities that you don't need to have. You can mindlessly clean, but you cannot write a lecture paper or an exam paper and listen to an audiobook at the same time. You can't write your lesson plans and listen to an audiobook at the same time. You can't sit in a meeting and listen to an audiobook at the same time. You can't sit in a meeting and be present and work on your lesson plans at the same time. Those require the same brain power. So you really need to stop multitasking because you're not doing any good for both of the things that you're trying to do. You're constantly switching back and forth from the, to the two tasks. You're going to mess up and it's going to take you longer to do those things. So stop multitasking. And the sixth thing that I want you to do is to use a timer. When all else fails, challenge yourself. 
set a timer. You are going to be amazed at how much you can get done in a very short amount of time, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes. Treat it as a game and see how much you can get done. I do this a lot when it comes to cleaning house or things that I need to do on the computer. I'll just set a timer for 15 minutes and see how much I can get done. You really can get a lot done. There's also a technique out there called the Pomodoro technique, I believe is how it's said. It's very, very popular and it's a very effective time management technique where you use a timer to work on a task in 25 minute chunks with five minute breaks in between. Not only will it help you beat procrastination, but it'll also help you stay focused and more productive as well. Now the key to making this work for you is to do absolutely nothing else but the task in front of you for the 25 minutes. So yes, your phone and other people have to wait 25 minutes and you cannot touch your phone for the 25 minutes. You have to stay focused on the task before you and then when the 25 minutes is up, take your break, deal with the things that you need to do before diving back into the task with another 25 minute focus block. And I'm going to link a video in the show notes on YouTube that is a detailed video on how to use that method because it's very helpful and I know a lot of people that use that. And um, I actually have used that to get big projects done and it's very helpful. Um, I didn't actually know about that method, um, but I've used um, timers where I would, um, it wasn't necessarily the 25-5, but I would do like a 30-minute chunk of time and then take a 10-minute break or a 15-minute break and then a 30-minute, but you get the idea. But there actually is a method that they set up and studied and a lot of people use it to get a lot of work done in a very short amount of time. And they use it in companies. And they're very productive. And they use it to make big projects happen in a very efficient manner. So I really encourage you to watch that, that video as well. So that is it, y'all. Those are my six tips for avoiding procrastination. Let me summarize those again real quickly. The first one is the two-minute rule. If it takes less than two minutes, do it right then. The second one, make the first step easy. The third one, think small. Break your big task into small ones. The fourth one, introduce friction for distractions. The fifth, stop multitasking. And the sixth is to use timers. Y'all know that everybody struggles with procrastination from time to time. But by implementing these tips, I can keep myself out of the procrastination rut mostly. And sometimes I need a reset and I need to remind myself of a technique that I've stopped using or I need to change things up just like everyone else. Just like I said this week, I needed to create some friction with social media, and I did it. So remember, we are always looking for progress in everything that we're doing, never perfection. So I hope that you will take some of the tips I've shared and start tackling procrastination so you can be more productive in whatever it is that you're working on, whether that's in your personal life, in your ministry, or in your professional life. I want to thank you for joining me today. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. 
I would love to connect with you on Instagram at Becoming Priority. Send me a DM. I would love to chat. And I hope you have a great week. Have a wonderful day. Hey friends, I just want to thank you for tuning in today. I hope that you were encouraged and reminded that when you take time for yourself to focus on your spiritual, mental, or physical health, it is not selfish. It really does allow you to show up better for others without losing who you were created to be in the process. If you enjoyed today's episode and you would like to support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on Instagram and tag me at Becoming Priority. I would love to hear your takeaways. You can also leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It really does help to get the word out and build this community, and it means a lot to me. Until next time, make sure you're taking the steps needed and carving out space for yourself because you matter and you deserve it.